Yeah. Jumping, 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 them boys up to something. They just spent like two or three weeks out the country. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. So much on the line today. 713-780-3776. It's Moneyline. It's Josh Jordan at Josh Jordan 97.5. It's your man Jerry Bonos with a Z. At Jerry Bonos with a Z on Twitter. Our man Tyler Cito behind the glass with the jams like he always has. Every single Sunday he joins us. Like I said, the, the stars in the moon aligned. And he, here he is on the big day. We wouldn't have it any other way. So speaking of the big game, let's go ahead and jump into it now from every angle we can. Let's get to it. Three-point line, Chiefs, Buccaneers. I guess we call it a home game for the Buccaneers. First time ever. Over-under 56-ish, I say, because it keeps jumping up and down. What were your first thoughts when this line opened up and you looked at it? <laughs> I wanted to cry because anybody that listens to Moneyline knows that the, the two things you always do, according to Moneyline, is you never bet against Tom Brady when the, all the cards, all the chips are on the table. And anytime you get Mahomes minus three, you fire on it. And what do we have here? We have Mahomes minus three. But to do that, you have to bet against Brady in the, the biggest of biggest games. So this is one of the hardest ones for me to read. That's why I've been a little more active in, as far as the player props. And I, most of my gambling is, is going to be on that. And I'm probably going to bet this game live instead of betting ahead of time. Just I, I want to see with my own eyes how it's shaping up. So... I think the line's about right. I, I think it's funny you bring up the home field advantage. Did you know that they're not going to fire off the cannons like when the Bucks score touchdowns? The Chiefs were happy about yeah, that. Yeah, they're happy about that. I think it'd be cool if they did it for both teams. I mean, that's kind of the whole mystique of that stadium is the whole pirate thing in the it's cannons. A, it's actually a really nice stadium. Yeah. Going there for the XFL, like, it was very, like, clean, new. It was Obviously, there was nobody there because it was the <laughs> XFL, but it was, it was a nice... Nice, uh, nice stadium. It was, and you know Brady. I heard he he <laughs> cleared out his house. Giselle, all the kids, get out of here. You know the whole week he just wanted to be focused. They do they do get to sleep in their own beds, right? Which is nice, you know, for the Bucks. That is a home field advantage. But I think because of COVID, it's good for the Chiefs because they could just fly in on Saturday. You know, that's where I want to start. Let's start the handicapping at home field advantage. Does it play anything? Is it to the advantage of the Chiefs maybe not having to fly in till late? For let's say the treatment of Mahomes' uh, toe, if he yeah. had to travel, maybe he doesn't get the. Of course, he's going to have high quality care wherever he's at. But being at home, having those you know his facilities to be in, does that help out, or do you think it plays against them, saying they didn't have enough time to travel? You know, and your body takes a little bit to get used to it. What do you think? Is it is it a plus or a negative here? I think it's a plus. For Tom, but I think it's also a plus for the Chiefs. So I almost wonder if it's just a wash. You know, he, he gets to sleep in his own bed. The routine is the same. But, you know, the Chiefs just get to show up on Saturday. Mahomes gets that extra time to rehab that toe. And it's not like, I mean, what is there going to be, like 20,000 fans there, something like that? They're not all going to be Bucks fans. No, and that's why I don't think there's a true home field advantage. In I think this there's game. only like seven, 7,500 Tampa like first responders okay. and uh, medical workers. Okay. So it's not going to be overwhelming. It's not going to be all Tampa fans. So I don't know if that helps them that much. I think 
have we checked the forecast? That's something interesting. What are the, you hearing about the weather? The rain, it was a scare but earlier in the week. Now that we get closer, we get a little bit something more solid. It will be gone before the game okay. starts. It's early rain. It's going to be clear. Also on grass. So what, what is that? does that have anything to do with it? Um, does that play into your... I like I like it being on grass. I like it being on grass too. You get a little more cushion there, and if you're 43 years old and getting slammed to the ground by 300 pound dudes, I think the grass probably helps a little bit. Now let's talk about the actual line itself. Brady, not very many times that over his long career that you say he's an underdog, but in that role, 27 and 12 and two against the spread. This is where he plays great. When you look at his overall numbers against the spread in Super Bowls, you'll see that he hasn't been too profitable. But when he's been an underdog, that's whenever he shines. Do you think that the line is perfect? Is it three and a half? We know Mattress Mack went out and placed his bet at three and a half. Yeah, he bought that extra half point, which is probably smart. If, it, if it's a close game and, you know, it, the Chiefs do win by three, then he cashes in. So I see why he bought that half point. It makes sense. I mean... I, I do think it's going to be a close game, Jerry. I, I have a feeling that early it's going to be kind of slow, and then it gets really cooking in the second half. Because we've seen Mahomes over the last couple of years. He turns it on in the second half. He comes back from all these deficits and plays really well. And Tom Brady is typically really good in the second half, too. It was kind of strange that he had such a good start to the game against the Packers. It is interesting, though, that is it life coming full circle that Brady's only been the underdog in two Super Bowls? His first one, and now possibly his last one. That's a good way to put it there. You know what I mean? Now, you say maybe a slow start, and I want to start my game script maybe there. Since 1999, the average of the first quarter points in the big game, 6.4 points. In regular games outside of the big su- of the Super Bowl in that same time frame, it's 8.8. So it's 2.4 points less in the first quarter scoring in the Super Bowl. What is it to it? Is it nerves? Is it maybe that you don't want to make mistakes, so then you call, you're sticking to your best 10 plays, whatever it is, your scripted plays? Yep. Does that go into play? Because if you take it even further, the Patriots, the most they've ever scored during Brady's tenure as, as a quarterback in the Super Bowl, whenever he was there, three points. Mm. Three. With all those wins, three points is what you're looking at. Do you think that the game today starts off slow with the teams filling each other out? Or is it the Brady offense that's been playing the last seven weeks scoring surplus of 31 points? How does it come out of the gates? Because to hit an over-under 56-57, you're having to score two touchdowns a quarter. Oh, man. I mean, just you know, with Brady's track record. And the last time we saw him in the Super Bowl was against the Rams, and that was a, a defensive slugfest. There weren't a lot of points in that game. No, and that's what you get. You get a lot of this low scoring, but it's not only in this. I said going back to 99, it's a two-point drop. And another thing, the over-under for the first quarter today is 10.5. Over those 22 years, only three times, three times has the Super Bowl gone over 10.5 points. Man, that's a trend right there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a trend if I've ever heard one. So check this out. So how does it go through the rest of the quarters? We know that in the first quarter of the Super Bowl, it's 6.4 to 8.8. So it's a two-and-a-half-point difference. But the rest of the way, second quarter in the Super Bowl, it outscores the regular season in the in other games. In the third quarter, 10.9 to 9.3 in all the other games. 16.6 in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl to 12.4. So a slow start, 2.4 points less in the first quarter. But every other quarter, you get more points in the Super Bowl. I'm going ahead. We're all Moneyline fans here. We're all, we're all family, right? Let's call it. 
My favorite bet of this Super Bowl is the second half to be the highest scoring half. Man, that's I, I money. Like that one. I like that one. Now, if we look back at when they faced each other, didn't Tyreek Hill have over 200 receiving yards in the first quarter? So let's start right there. Whenever you come to the board and you come in and, and, and to game plan for that specific team, what was the first thing that Tampa Bay and Todd Bowles probably said? Let's We can't get beat by Tyreek Hill again. Yep. We just can't. What allowed us to get beat? Where did he line up? And if you look at it, a lot of the times he was lining up in the slot. How can they stop that? The Chiefs, a team that moves the tight end all the way around, moves Tyreek Hill all the way around. How do you stop that? Where do you think Todd Bowles puts his focus on? Because you know you're going to try to take away one thing to start off. All right, where did they say in practice, we're not letting him beat us? Is it going to be the tight end, Kelsey, or is it going to be Hill? If it was me, I'd double both of them and single up everybody else. We saw that back in the day where Belichick, when it'd be Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison, he'd double those two guys and be like, hey, if somebody else beats me, they beat me. So, you know, if I was doing it, those are the guys I'd be targeting. And I'd, I'd have somebody roughing up Tyreek Hill off the line. You know, some, just get your hands on him if you can. Just slow him down, throw off that timing. Now, timing has a lot to do with both offensively and defensively if you're playing zone. In that first matchup, for whatever reason, Bowles went to 80% zone. It didn't work because by the time that the zone, the communication was going down, Hill was already full speed and he was just breaking. If you look, he was catching balls on the run. Now, how much context do we take out of that first matchup? Because you see the score and it was only a three-point game, but the truth tells you that the the Chiefs came out and punched them 17-0 quick. The truth tells you that the Chiefs went into prevent mode and they got outscored 14-0 in the fourth quarter. So maybe take away some of that that you might throw in there and say it wasn't a three-point game. It was more in the hands that the Chiefs let off the gas. Let's not forget that Sammy Watkins 85-yard touchdown that he dropped wide open. That's a touchdown to the house. Let's not forget that the Chiefs kicked the field goal inside their own two-yard line, something that he's not going to do today, Andy Reid. So be careful how much you take out of that first game. Be careful. Just like we got to be careful and trusting that Tyreek Hill is going to go out there and smoke him for that, a, a, a career high. And all in the first quarter and a half, if you look at the rest of the game, he was held, I think, to six targets, four catches, somewhere along the line, 66 yards. Did they learn anything throughout that game? Is it going to be the number two? Because according to DVOA, the Buccaneers are top six team at corner with their cornerback ones against wide receiver ones. But then they drop to a bottom three team in the league on wide receiver twos. Is it Sammy game? Who is it? Sammy usually shows up big in playoff games. Yeah. A, this, lot, of, a lot of the daily fantasy people are all over him today. You like Sammy Watkins or is it a Robinson, Miko Hardman type game? That's what's interesting, right? Is I think you can maybe hedge your bets, right? If you think it's if you think it's more of a Miko Hardman game, maybe you know you take him on the over and then you fade Sammy. There's a couple ways you can play this. And we're going to give you a couple plays, a couple ways to go into this game. We've got 45 minutes left in the show. It's flying by, but it's Super Bowl Sunday. Go ahead. And I usually say crack open the coffee or, or I'm sorry, open your coffee up, take a little whip. Now it's crack open the beer. Get that barbecue yeah. pit going. The family's ready. It's a party here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. The Affordable Care Act continues to be a complex regulation, and employers must comply. Visit hrp.net for help. 
is Money Line on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Shout out to everyone on Twitch. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. Hefacito checking in from another state. Titan Hugo. Doc Media. Aggie Milkman asking where Josh's Red Bull is like every single Sunday morning. Don't worry. He doesn't pass up on the Red Bull. Josh, do you Red Bull with any whis- whiskey they want to know? I-, I will do a Rebel Vodka from time to time. I'm, I'm more of a, a Jack and Coke kind of guy. But uh, I'll mix it up. If I need a little energy, Rebel Vodka. Let's what, go. What's in the uh, Tyler Cito bar today? I'm I'm curious. What happens to what a drinker like you? Do you go to some some heavy stuff? Some some expensive stuff? Do you go to something you can just pound away? What do you do? Uh, I might bust out like a special bottle or two, like some craft beer, whatever. But that's probably about it. How about uh, eating wise? Do you uh, order out or are you cooking in? Uh, usually cooking, but I think today I don't have to do that. So. I'll be eating whatever is uh, on the menu, I guess. Well, let's talk about right there because he, he says what's on the menu and who's going to be eating. Well, all week long we've been, we've been hearing about the offensive line issues for the Kansas City Chiefs. By now we know that they're, they're, they're uh, hobbled, let's say for lack of better terms. They're, uh, they've got missing pieces. Now those pieces turn into holes. Now those holes are being filled in by other names just – Let's switch this line around. And it comes to a point to where when you lose a name like Eric Fisher, it becomes a problem. So let's start there. I like to handicap games from inside out before you can talk about all the success that Mahomes is going to have downfield. And then they're going to do this. There needs to be time. Football is a game of timing, a game of pressure and lack thereof. How big of a deal is this to you having the whole line getting switched over. You don't have the tackles you started the year with. You have guys that one of them, the right guard, he was on the Steelers. He was cut by the Steelers. He was a seventh-round guy. You have guys that aren't exactly the best. How much does that play into what Mahomes will be allowed to do today? If it wasn't for Andy Reid, I'd be a lot more excited about Tampa's opportunity to get to him. But with Andy Reid, and remember, it's the Super Bowl. He's had two weeks to put this together. They lost Fisher you know, in in their last game. So they knew they were going to be without him this whole time they were game planning. So I think you're going to see Andy, he's great at the screen game, right? I think he's going to use that to his advantage. I think he's going to move the pocket a little bit. And hopefully Mahomes in that toe, he still, he looked okay to me. He didn't look perfect in in his last game, but he looked okay. So I think they're going to be able to, to scheme this up a little bit and protect Mahomes. I, I think they'll be okay because he has Andy Reid. And I also find it interesting, I'm seeing it, Total rushing yards for Mahomes at nineteen and a half. I, I I don't know on that on that bad toe. I don't think I'm going over on that one. But I, I think in general, to answer your question, I, I think they'll get some pressure on him. But I don't think it's going to cost him the game. How much do they need Mahomes' legs in this one to be? I guess at their best because we saw last season when he was breaking off thirty forty yard runs. We saw that. Now, whenever you think of the Bucks, they're a bottom five team in allowing rush yards. You ask yourself why, but then you start looking at the way their defense plays, and, and they overcommit. They they create pressure. That's what they're best at. They like creating pressure. They like getting your face. So sometimes they have to overcommit. If the if the quarterback can find that lane, and then and then the defensive backs are too far downfield, you take your yards. We also know though that Mahomes on the play that he got hurt, he was already hurt some. 
But then on the play that he went down, it was a called quarterback run. Mm-hmm. How many plays do you think are called today that are actually quarterback runs for him to get to that 19 and a half, call it 20 for him to win that bet? For him to get to 20 yards, how many plays have to be called rather than him on the on the move just Im- improvising and making it happen as he can? Or are they reluctant to say, hey, let's not call nothing. If it happens, it happens. I would lean towards that, right? Like, let's not call nothing. But remember, everybody was saying that when Andy Reid called the running play for Mahomes. And we're like, what the hell are you doing? So, you know, and this this is the last game of the year. Mahomes is reportedly going to have to have surgery on the toe anyway. So maybe they're just like, you know, screw it. You know, as long as he makes it through the game, you know, let, let's let's pull out everything that we can pull out. Me personally, I wouldn't be running Mahomes early in the game. I mean, he's the best thrower of the football. You know, maybe you want to argue Aaron Rodgers, but I'll take Mahomes. You know, let, let him try and win it for you with his arm. And then if you need his legs later in the game, you can go to that. Let's find two angles right there within the, the reasoning that we've given. Let's, let's start with the pressure how many sacks? Because the sacks total for this game, you have it where somewhere around four and a half, five now. How many sacks are, can we possibly get from the holes that the Chiefs' offensive line has? How many sacks does Tampa get knowing that Mahomes might not be all the way mobile? Can we put them on seeing what JPP did this time? If we look at the first game, JPP was involved in 18 plays where they created pressure. This week he has an even ma- easier matchup. How much pressure do they get? How much does Mahomes, I guess, strength of extending plays get him sacked? We know that the Chiefs are one team that don't mind playing from behind and distance. Do you think we see four and a half, five sacks? And on the other side, also having Tom Brady against a, a team a defense with Spagnolo that, that, that also brings pressure. They've given him trouble before. No doubt about it. I, I think about four sacks for Mahomes is, is a about what I would expect. And I think a lot of them come early when those pass rushes are amped up. They're not tired yet. Early in the game, they're going against inexperienced tackles. But I think as the game wears on, it, it'll get better. Defensive coordinator Spagnola, you said that he's had success. What kind of success? Let him know. Well, I mean, the, the, the two giant Super Bowls, right? That's what you got to start connecting dots. You start saying, when have you seen Brady at his worst? Whenever Spagnolo brought pressure, he does it in a form that he can get pressure without extra bringing extra men also. But he also does it bringing it in the teeth. When, whenever the Texans even gave Brady uh, trouble, what would happen? It was coming up the middle. Brady wasn't able to step into his throws. During this playoff, you've seen people bring edge pressure, which Brady's good at feeling the pressure on the outside and, and finding his spot, stepping, stepping in and up, throwing yeah. it. If he can't step into his throws is when you see Brady pout. That's when he is at his worst. Do you think we see that today? Is that the plan, getting the pressure to him early and getting them in, in third and longs? Well, I mean, that's that's always a deal with Brady, right, is disguise your coverages, try and get him off the spot. The, the, those, those are the two things that Brady hates that. What was it, the NASCAR package they called it, the yep. Giants, where they had all that speed on the field, and, and they were putting Brady on his ass a lot in that game. So I, I think we could see some of that for sure. You got to get him off the spot. But I also, as great as Brady played in the first half against the Packers, and I don't think he played as terribly as everybody made it out to be in the second half against the Packers, the arm is not what it used to be. I mean, he doesn't look like Peyton Manning at the end, you know, where it's that bad. But you can tell he's having to put a little more air under the ball than he used to have to to get it down the field. So if, if you get him off the spot and he can't, you know, he can't drive the ball. 
he's going to throw some up. They're, they're going to be there for the take. That's an official play. Let's go ahead and hit those sacks because yeah. I think they will be there. And if you look at how the Chiefs defense blitzes and brings pressure, they're not doing it with only four or five men, though, sometimes. The last few weeks, everything they brought blitz-wise, they were bringing six and seven guys I was reading. They were just they were bringing in the house and relying on their outside coverage to be able to hold it down before the pressure or, or until the pressure got there in that amount of speed. I think that you get that today. I could see Brady just taking his – not even getting to his third step and kind of just – you know how he doesn't want to take the big hit, kind of going down. Good, yeah. I could see maybe one of those. I could see Mahomes running around crazy because the defense got in the backfield too easy, and he's going to take one of those. That's I could see an easy, cheap two two sacks coming off of that, and then just getting a few here and there. I can see a lot of that. And we saw Josh Allen. I don't think Brady's going to be like Josh Allen and taking thirty yard sacks. I mean, that was ridiculous, man. He just kept running backwards and still getting tackled. Like you said, Brady's just going to duck down and go down if that happens. Now you got to be careful on the quarterback rush yards because the when they take the kneel and the kneel heard around the world last year when Mahomes he, he had he had surpassed the rush yeah, yards I know where you, you're you had cashed your ticket yep. and then he did the super kneel I've seen a kneel but he went he went five yards behind the line of scrimmage and knelt like if you go back and look at how he was kneeling he would just go instead of going one step back drop he was doing like one two three four looking around drop. People were losing yards, and then all of a sudden, your ticket that you you were already dancing about lost. Mahomes had the under on his rushing yards in that game. That, that's up, what that was. He said, how much do I have? <laughs> Goodness, no. We got to get rid of this. Again, though, be careful with where the way, what in what way these props are worded because it, yes. it makes all the difference. I'd rather have today instead of Brady. Okay, so if you think that the Bucks are going to win, then you probably won't. You, you, if the Bucks are going to win, you will have that kneel out. So then you start accounting for that. If you don't think the Bucks are going to win, then you don't have that. So then you can look at instead of total amount of yards, how many attempts does Brady have? Does Brady have a touchdown today? If the if there's a pass interference in that end zone today, Brady at thirty five to one to score the first touchdown today. All you're banking on is man. If there's a pass interference in that end zone and the Bucks get it right there in that goal line. Brady's gonna, he's going to uh, quarterback sneak. You know that. Nobody's better at it. Nobody. So at thirty-five to one, that's another bet that you maybe can can check out and say, man, that's got a little bit of of, of ground to it. Also, will the the shortest touchdown of the game be over or under one and a half yards? Under. Yeah. Again, losing that under. right, using that theory. If there's a pass interference in the end zone at any point throughout this game, you're going to get it there. And if not that, how many times have we seen Mahomes just do the? The bootleg to the right and just get it in there. Another one that I like as far as longer odds. Yeah, and, and to your point, Jerry, with a short touchdown, I think the key to this game, and a lot of people are saying this, it's not just me, the Bucks are going to have to score touchdowns when they're close. You know, if, if it's fourth down and it's a yard, they're going for it, and it's probably going to be Brady. They cannot kick field goals and beat the Chiefs. They, they just can't. I like that. And where do you get these kind of bets at? Mybookie.com. AG, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go over there and you're going to open an account. And you're going to use promo code radio. And then they're going to give you a deposit bonus. All of a sudden, you have more than what you started with. What kind of world are we living in? But that's the world you live in whenever you are a client of mybookie.ag. You get to winning. You start doing these prop bets because that's where we're reading them off of. This is where we're getting our lines, and that's where you're going to start getting your winners. So get over to mybookie.ag. We have about 30 minutes left in this show here. 
We're going to give you everything from Gatorade color. I have a little bit of the national anthem. There's a national anthem uh, controversy that's broken out. We're going to talk about that. But first, you got to get started on mybookie.ag. And if you already have an account, go ahead and load that thing up. This is a party. It's a pregame party on Moneyline, and Moneyline is backed by mybookie.ag. I wouldn't have it any other way. Don't gamble on the gamble. Don't win and then be uh, out there wondering, when do I get my money? That's when you gamble on the gamble. You don't do that at mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe. And Josh Jordan. I hope you can feel it. The Super Bowl was in the air. The big game is in the air. And the prop bets are near. We get hours in between here and I start getting nervous. You know, I start at home. I just start acting like I'm going to play in the game. You know, I'm looking for my helmet. For whatever reason, that's just what the Super Bowl brings. It's It's an event. It's not just a game. It's everything that goes into it from the national anthem. You know, to to the halftime show. I mean, yeah, I'm excited about seeing the weekend, man. Yeah, just, I'm yeah. so excited to see how this works out, how they make it work. Let's start right there with the national anthem, just to get to a props before we get to something serious. The national anthem controversy. It's it was set at about a minute fifty eight. Then all of a sudden, it went off the board everywhere. Now it came back at two minutes and about eight seconds, nine seconds. Did someone get? The trial run, the, you know, the, the the pre-run of the of the performance, and then all of a sudden they went and told somebody, hey, I know that this thing's about to be long. Is that all it takes to change something? I think so. Like the So I don't know if you saw the reporter. He actually was outside the stadium, and he timed it. And he timed it at – he clocked it at 2 minutes, 16 seconds. So I think a lot of the – like the over-under set – like I don't think they're really changing that. They're just changing the odds on either side, and now it's minus fifteen hundred for the over. So then, obviously, there's something to it. If it's going to yeah. go from that to that, now whenever I did my research on this, I found out you know they're do, they're doing a duet. So then you don't you don't really know how how they're going to approach this. Is there going to be a little bit of guitar involved? Like how are they going to approach this? Then I started looking at the last duet, and it was Aretha Franklin and Aaron Neville. They went almost two minutes and ten seconds. So you say, okay, maybe that makes it go a little bit faster. The average four Super Bowl performances of the anthem are um, a minute and 58, right around there. So take for whatever you can worth it. I just, what is Jasmine Sullivan? I, I, she's done two games before. Both went under. Uh, Church doesn't have anything. I try to look him up. He's never done a professional um, game or, or an event, so I couldn't find anything on him. But here we are. That's the times we're living in right now when it comes to Super Bowl time. It's time to start timing the anthem. And, again, for all you people out there, the discrepancies on – there's been like the remix at the end of these when they say the – and the brave, br- br- brave, brave. You're like, all right, which brave? Talking about the brave. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep going and going and going. <laughs> so now all of a sudden the books, there's been so much gray area that people are fighting it. 
they're saying it's whenever the first time they, they say brave, when that ends. So if it's brave, brave, it's that first B, the first one. And when does it start? Is it when the music starts or the singing starts? So now they're saying it should be when the first ver- uh, word is. The is, first word. Yeah. Some people use musical accompaniment. Some people don't. It just depends. It just depends. But uh, make sure that you look at all the f- the fine print, the wording, is like on the on the Brady one. Is it how many yards or is it how many uh, attempts? Because I'd rather him on attempts because I, I then you don't get the kneel down yard taken yeah. away from you. So it's just little things that you have to look up. Make sure that they're worded correctly as to what you're trying to bet. I know I'm with you, and the national anthem seems to always kill me. Like I'll be taping or I'll be timing it on my stopwatch on my phone, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I won," and then I'll go check, and I'll be like, "Oh, I lost." <laughs> so apparently, the way I'm timing it is not the way they're timing it. So that's one of those ones where it just always seems to go against me. Um, what about the other one early in the game, the coin toss? Do you get down with that one? The degenerate in me, yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I'm already in it. Um, unfortunately, but yes, I don't not I don't try to put too big of money. I saw the biggest bet in Vegas came in; it was fifty three hundred dollars. <laughs> you thinking that guy had nothing better in this whole menu of games or props? This whole menu, you're telling me that that's the only bet you had the 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 fifty fifty or whatever you want to call yeah. it. I don't I don't even like. I, I I'm gonna be on tails. You're gonna be on tails. It's funny. I was uh, Artie Lang, who used to be on the Howard Stern show. You know, he's a, he had a lot of issues with drugs over the years. I was about to say, that's no nose, yeah, right? Yeah, yes, that is exactly who it is. For people that don't know, his nose just got flattened, basically. And uh, he also had a huge gambling problem. And they talked to him, and they would be like, so, you know, when he, you know, because he'd call his, <laughs> he would get so messed up. He would call his bookie and be like, yeah, I'm put four grand on the game. And then, like, an hour later, he'd call his bookie and be like, man, I, I want to put a five grand on the game. <laughs> he'd forget that he already called and bet on the game. He'd be so high. And then when his friends would talk to him about like, so how do you, when you make these huge bets, like what kind of research do you do? And he's like, research? <laughs> he's like, no. He's like, he's like, I just want to watch the game. And if I win, I win, I lose, I lose. Like, I don't want any kind of angle to, to winning or not. Like, I just want it to be a coin flip of whether I win or lose. I do, I do the opposite of research. I don't even pay attention. I don't want to know anything about the game. I just want to bet on it. I just want that action. It I'm must just be like, nice. Whoa. It must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's how he gets down. Cocaine and gambling. <laughs> yeah. It usually doesn't end well. And then you call up your bookie and try and double down. They're like, you already called. And then you start arguing with him that he won't take your action after he already took it once. So don't let it get to that point, people. Don't let it get to that <laughs> point. One time I got too drunk, and, and we all, they took me out. I kept telling them I wanted a cherry lime slush. <laughs> we get to Sonic, and then they order. They were like, which one? The ro-? They tell me all this. I didn't remember. They said I ordered the Route 44, right? Yeah. And they said when the lady come out to this was still back when they were wearing skates. They said she came out, <laughs> yeah. skate did a little turn, handed it, and I hand the, the the person in the front seat. I'm in the back seat of a jeep. I hand them a dollar, <laughs> and then they're like, "Bro, this isn't enough." And then I started doing that number. Like, hey, I know that that's enough. <laughs> get, get get out the car. I was telling a friend of mine, Josh, Josh, open the door, get him out the car. He tried to rob us. And everyone's like, "Bro, you've drank way too much. What are you doing here?" <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of those stories after today. People, what I, I do want to ask you this, and, and Tyler too, do you think there's going to be people going to a lot of Super Bowl parties today, or are most people probably just kind of doing it at home? I saw the performances last night. Yeah, you know I'm COVID investigator. Um, <laughs> whenever, whenever this whole pandemic went down, COVID reporter, you could call it. Um, I saw a performance. What is it, Steve Aoki? Yeah, that, and fifty. That boy. 
threw a big party. I mean, there was no mask to be found. 50 Cent, another party. Um, the guy that's, that's in trouble right now with, uh, w- with the, the shooting of Megan Thee Stallion, what's his name? Uh, I don't even know why he's performing, but he Is threw a performance. Um, I, don't, I can't remember. Trey Songz or Tory Lanez? One of Tory Lanez. Yeah, Tory, Tory Lanez. He had a performance. And I'm just thinking of myself. I look in these, in, in these crowds. I saw people hanging out in Tampa yesterday in whatever street it is that, where all the bars are. And I counted. I had to look for masks instead of looking. You know what I mean? I, I, I looked and I found, I think, two masks, three masks. And I'm talking about there's thousands of people. And there's nothing holding back these people. There's nothing. No, especially in Florida, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, we'll see if, if a lot of people go out to the sports bars today. I mean, it could be a super spreader event at the Super Bowl. Who knows? But, hey, you know, whatever. People are going to do what they're going to do. Well, the question today is, what are they going to do on third down? Because that's where I found another angle, right? Because that's a pivotal play. We know that. That either extend drives or you're, or you're punting. Yep. Or, or field goal, however you want to phrase it. But the success that a team has there, I think, leads you to finding whether it's going to be extended drives or, or more points or lack thereof. The game script tells me here, after looking at that, man, that the Buccaneers are going to have big trouble on third down. If you look at them on offense, they on offense they have success. They're one of the most successful successful teams getting there. But on the other side, you have a Chiefs defense that that excels in that as well. They are great at stopping teams, putting them in in lose lose situations on first and second, getting the favorable third down and long, and then they play a funnel defense because their funnel defense already allows you to run up the middle. You saw that the Browns were able to do that some. If you're able to run up the middle and consistently do things in the middle of the field, you'll have success. It's on the outside that they that they're able to stop a lot. That's the way they were built. That's the way they've been built for the last two years. But if you look at their run defense, they're 20, 26th, I believe, last year, 31st this season as far as runs up the middle, as far as success. That's going to be the game. How much Fournette will you get? How much Jones will you get up the middle? At which point does the game script allow them, the Bucks being them, to keep doing this? Or does the game script say that Mahomes gets in front and they have to play from behind? Because in the success that the Bucks have been having as of late and getting those 31-point marks, they've been throwing the ball quite a bit. Are they going to throw the ball and say, let's go head for head and let's start switching off right off the top? Or are they going to play a game of, let's stop and go. Let's, let's, we get the ball first. Let's, we're going to play it at our pace. What do you think? I think they have to have a little bit of balance, right? The, the Bucks Now, the Chiefs, they could not run the ball the entire game and they could still possibly win. You know, they're not, they're not built that way. They don't have to run the ball. I think Tom's going to need that play action. I think he's going to need to hand the ball to Leonard Fournette. We know how much Brady likes to throw to his running backs. So I think they're going to have to be more balanced. And, you know, as far as third downs, to me, a healthy Chris Godwin is a big difference maker for Tom. You know, and if Antonio Brown is is okay for this game, having him in the slot on third downs could be a big deal. We've seen Cameron Brait is a little banged up. It looks like he's going to play. But, you know, remember he was a guy that, that Brady was kind of relying on more than even Gronk over the past couple games. So we'll see. But he's one of those guys on third down because, you know, Cameron Brait's not going to get the attention that, you know, Mike Evans is going to get. That's a good, great point you make right there. It's just, it's just, it's going to have to have two gears, a little bit of leveling. If you go back to that week one mat or the week twelve matchup, the first time they played, this is who the Chiefs are: twenty-one first downs, but they, they only had, or, or I'm sorry, they had twenty-one first downs total, but only six of those came on third down. 
So they never even get to the third down. They get a first down on either first and second, move the chains. On the other side, you got the Bucks. Ten first downs, five of them were on third down. So half of their half of their drives were extended on third down. That's what I'm trying to get you to look at. You got to watch when you're watching the game. You're looking at it. You know what I mean? You you need to watch it and know what you're looking for. And this, when you watch third down now, remember what I'm telling you here. Remember that the Chiefs usually don't even get to third down. So if you're watching that game and you see the Chiefs get into a lot of third downs, then they're not having success at what they want to do. That's not where they are optimal. If you're seeing the Bucks get to third down and converting, then you're seeing that that's their optimal game. That's where they want to drain the clock. That's how they get going. So always think about that. Think about how the team is having success at what they're doing. Is that the way they wanted this game to play out? We have one segment left in the big show. It's flown by. We're going to try to get to any of these crazy bets, the Orange Gatorade. In, go. in our best bets, right? Yeah, in our best bets of this. I know that's what you're waiting for. It's Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. SPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Last segment before we let you get to your festivities for the rest of the day. Thank you for including us in your Sunday morning like you always do. Let's get to any of these prop bets. Do you have anything as far as the Gatorade color? Because orange was the one last season. It was plus 750 last year. Now, all of a sudden this year, it's the favorite, how things have switched. Many would think that, hey, I can go ahead and connect the team color to the Gatorade. I've thought about that. But if you look at a span of 15 years, it's only happened three times where the team actually connected. The Broncos did it, the Steelers did it one time, and the the Patriots did it one time. Um, Other than that, though, there's really no correlation to the color of the Gatorade and not. Do you think that we see orange as a favorite, or do you have maybe a little something else? Is it the year that we get clear with the COVID restrictions? Do we get no <laughs> no, uh, no Gatorade dump? You, that's interesting, man. I hadn't even thought about that. I, I think we'll still see the Gatorade dump, man. People are, are so jacked up at the end of games. They're not they're not even thinking. They're, they're just going to do it. So, I mean, it's really just pick a color and hope for the best. I, I don't really have a – it could be orange. It could be whatever. But, yeah, I think we're going to see somebody – and it's probably going to be Andy Reid, I think, get covered in Gatorade. Yeah, because like, even in college games, they were still doing it. Yeah. Like Jimbo Fisher, I mean, even though he didn't get hit with it, he's, they still tried dumping it on him. I saw a minus 170 in my bookie. Will the, co- uh, the coach, when he gives his after-game speech, will he be drenched? That's a, that seems like a solid bet. Yeah. Minus 170? How, how do you miss Andy Reid? You know? Will Andy Reid have and a— And Bruce Arians. And Bruce like, Arians. <laughs> They're not spry. They are not. Will Andy Reid have the face mask, the, the shield set up, or will he have the mask? The Howard the Duck look. <laughs> Man, he's a he's a weird dude, right? I, I guess he, he seems to like that weird little mask thing. I don't Andy know wears, how he gets to stay there. He wears, like, uh, he wears black Air Force Ones. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> Does he Dougie, though? Like, if he's, <laughs> if he's wearing, like, black pants, he's wearing black Air Force Ones. <laughs> I like that's the guy I want to play for. Now our friends over at my bookie and I, I got to be careful the way I phrase this. Phrase this. They say, will the first mask shown be a a, 
a Richard nose the way they the way it looks. You, <laughs> you know, fill in what yes. the Richard would it would yes. be. Um, that's a bet you can make. Do you think that he'll be wearing it right? Because sometimes it, it, it leaves the nose out, but they have it over the uh, the face. That's a bet you can make right now. That's hilarious. I mean, you always see that in the crowd. There's always the person that doesn't have it covering their nose. It happens all the time. How about this one? This one interests me quite a bit. Will there be a player during the anthem to throw up his fist that doesn't really go with the kneel, the fist at plus 450? And will they show it, though? That's what's interesting, right? That's another angle. Are they going to show it? Or where the guy that says, I'm committed, and then they tell him probably before the game, you know, the guidelines are probably set up like, hey, no one's taking a kneel out here in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Does he say, well, I'm just going to throw up a quick fist and get you played plus 450? At least, you know what I love about the Super Bowl is it it gives all the the pregame stuff a reason to watch it. You know, like you want to see the national anthem. You want to see the coin toss. You, you want to see the first shots of the stands. It it makes it a more fun experience. So, man, I'll be glued to it. I, I love this stuff. Some people, they're like, eh, just wake me when the game starts. But, man, this is the last football game we're going to get to watch until September. Enjoy it. And going back to what you said uh, about the average first quarter points, maybe that's kind of what is causing like the slow start just all the extra stuff beforehand before kickoff yeah there's a there's so much that goes before these guys are all about timing yes just think about even when you played games and not even on that level but you would have your routine imagine if you're sitting around for an hour and a half waiting for it to go on and i've heard about that angle before especially Mm -hmm. the the halftime angle as well because it's a little bit extended once you get into a certain routine that's what you know but what about this one what what quarter will t- uh, or will Tom Brady throw a tantrum? Yes, <laughs> yes, minus one fifty. It depends on how the game's going, right? It depends on how you how you think the game's going to you know play out. I don't know, man. I I don't think so. Will Joe Biden pick a winner? Yes or no? Yeah, I think he will. Because you could go decline a side for minus one thirty yeah. as well. How many? Uh, Maybe we should check the presidential Twitter, see if he's put it out there yet. How about a tomahawk chop from Mahomes at plus 450? <laughs> I could see him pulling out the tomahawk chop. How do you tell between that and the first down signal? You know what I mean? Like That was a tomahawk yeah, chop. Yeah. He went all the way down. Maybe if you do two chops, that's a tomahawk. And that's the chop. <laughs> Will Bruce Arians be wearing the, uh, the famous Kangol hat? Oh, I don't know. if Does Ooh. he ever take that thing off? That thing gets sewed to his head. He sleeps with that thing. <laughs> he does. Him and Samuel L. Jackson. He takes it out, and his his hat line, I guess, let's call it, is, is just is moldy. <laughs> He's got mold just sticking right there. That thing doesn't come off. Now, Will Gronkowski, I spoke about it earlier, minus 190 now. Will he retire after this game? I think so. I don't know that he would do it in his press conference, but – yeah, eventually, like before, obviously, next season starts. Are you a fan of the streaker on the uh, <laughs> during the big game? I've always been a, a fan. Um, I ended up looking into him a little too much. There was one guy that you always see him. He's worldwide known. I mean, he, he does this at – Yeah. He They call it fence jumping in, in soccer because there's usually like a little fence, and he's done the biggest events from, from Super Bowls to – to, to Olympics, whatever the was, case. Uh, he did an Astros game. An Astros one game. Of the World Series And games. I've thought about that. You in know, 2005. That once one. that fifth inning gets rolling around, those Crawford boxes have been mm-hmm. going down a little bit too easy. 
And before you know it, you think you start thinking, you know what? I'm going to run out there. Well, remember the the hot chick that did it at the soccer game, and then like all her social media and Instagram just blew up. Yeah, that's a that's a quick way to get you blown up. I prefer her to this other guy. Just saying. I always like the way they juke move the the, the, the yeah. groundskeepers or whoever they are, umpires, whoever decides. I just always hate it when the athlete gets involved and he does a suplex or something. You're thinking, <laughs> you didn't have to suplex him like this. Let us have a little fun. But it gets scary. They'll run up on the quarterback now. Yeah. Like they're a little bit too freely walk up on the quarterback and take the ball and whatnot. But I've seen Ronaldo. He's done it, and the guy pulled out a, a, a pin like a Sharpie, and Ronaldo signs, signs him and walks him. I've seen soccer players walk him because they know that they're going to rough him up. So they'll be like, Mm-mm, you ain't roughing him up. And he'll walk him and be like, go. I've seen him walk into the stands and let him get back into the stands. Like, go. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 next level there. But you yeah. also have to watch out for yourself. Because remember, what it, back in tennis years, whenever we were growing up, the, the tennis player, that guy. Monica Sellis got yeah, stabbed. Got right? stabbed. So you never know the intentions of that person no. coming. So I, at the same time, I guess they do have a, 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 a show to get to. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. it it's tricky. You don't know who's running up on you. But I know one thing. I know we're going to end this football season one way, just the way we started it. Again, we'd like to thank all of you for always tuning in with us for segments like this, little parts of the show that we end like this, and that's Put Your Name on It. Josh, the biggest show, the biggest stage, the biggest game with all the storylines tied to it, what are you going to put your name on? Yeah, this is one where, like I said earlier in the show, I'm probably going to live bet the total and the spread of the game. So I'm, I'm going to wait on that. But my best bet, my favorite bet before the game starts is I like Tom Brady over two and a half touchdowns at plus 100. That is what I'm on. That's what I have my most of my money on today. What you got? I'm just going final score prediction. I think uh, Bucks win. I think it's going to end up being 35-31. Write that so down. 35-31. 35-31. As for me. I'm going to put my name, like I said, on that second half to be the highest scoring half. I don't want to get cute and try to give you something that, that just might not get there, trying to throw out a Gatorade color or something. If, <laughs> to be honest with you, I just really see this game starting off slow. If you want to bet the over, which I do think it goes over, I think it's not going back and forth, maybe a turnover or two, short fields, fourth down conversions. They're going to have to be going for them. I think this all leads to points. I think that wait, uh, wait about two drives, then you can get under that. Also, I'm going to go ahead and – for a lot of people out there wondering, was he going to give his pick or not? Is he going to keep it private? I'm riding and dying with the Chiefs today. I'm going to say it here. I'm going to say it again. I don't see Mahomes losing this game. I don't see it. But I got to see us saying goodbye. So we're going to sign off like we always do. Hell to the Chiefs. Let's go, Mahomes. If you want to be the coach, get it off your back. It's Josh Jordan. It's Tyler Cito. And it's Jerry Bo Nose. Peace. Research and innovation. Innovation Map is the new voice of innovation in Houston. Pretty cool, huh, Morty? Covering startups, tech, energy, health, social impact, and more. Visit innovationmap.com today. Do it now! Do it! Do it! Do it now!